everybody, welcome to ADD Masterminds. Oh, that was loud. Yes. <laughs> well, it's supposed to be loud. It's an intro, John. You're supposed to be loud and obnoxious. I'm John Howie, and I'm here with Jeff Hendricks. Yes, I am here with John Howie and Jason Bukowski. What up? I'm finally back. Oh, so good to have Jason back. It's good to be back. <laughs> I mean, and it's good to have you too, Jeff. You well, know. I appreciate that, John. Hey, so I wanted to ask you guys, what is your greatest fear? Being late to an ADD Masterminds podcast. <laughs> <laughs> that is that is pretty frightening. I will give you that. I think my biggest fear is probably uh, falling from great heights. Heights don't mm. in, just normally scare me. Like climbing high things doesn't bother me. It's the falling yeah. off them that bothers me. Yeah, falling from a great height is scary. Mine is probably someone breaking into my house. I literally Ooh. wake up, like, wake up thinking someone's in my house at least once a week. Oh man, Ooh. that's pretty awful. Bummer. Yeah, yeah, that's, that's mine's no pretty lame now. <laughs> I was I was thinking my greatest fear right now is people finding out that I'm not normal. Um, <laughs> a little late on that. Yeah. Well, it's just funny because like if it's something like if I spill coffee, if I spill coffee on my shirt, I'm like, uh oh, uh oh, people are gonna think I'm not normal because I spilled coffee on my shirt, and I am like definitely afraid of that. And I, I went through this like process and I'm sure I've mentioned it a few times, you know, where it's like God has asked me to lay down my significance, my quest for significance and this idea that I'm going to be this huge thing that's going to make a difference in the world and all this stuff. Right. But now I feel like God's asking me to lay down my quest for normalcy. I think he pretty much asks all of us to do that. Yeah. None of us are supposed to be normal. Well, normalcy is, I mean, it, that's relative. Sorry? I said normalcy is, is relative. That, that, yeah. What we're actually is. looking for is, is not, not really normalcy. What we're looking for is acceptance. Hmm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, a certain level of acceptance. I, do you guys ever, uh, just have those weird moments when you were a kid where you were trying to be like all the other kids and it just didn't work? No. <laughs> no, never. <laughs> I, I think I tried to be normal once. It was like the worst five minutes of my life. <laughs> I'm with you, Jeff. I, I just accepted my weirdness and, you know, I gravitated towards people that were weird like me, which is why I do a podcast with you guys. Pretty much. I mean... Oh uh, yeah. <laughs> I remember pretending I saw a movie that everyone was talking about. And then I got found out. Like I, I I don't know. I guess I thought it might be foolproof somehow. I don't know what I was thinking. <laughs> and they're and like, you knew uh, absolutely nothing about the movie." Yeah. They're like, "Uh John, you've never seen this movie, have you?" And then I had to admit it. And then I felt... You're like, like you remember when that big robot attacked the zombie? And they're like, yeah, that didn't happen. <laughs> <laughs> Dang. Oh, man. I I heard this story about this kid who snuck onto a plane. Did you hear about this story? No. No. So so what he did... Because you, you think about airport security. Like, back in the old days, you used to be able to go all the way to the gate to say goodbye to your loved ones or whatever. But now... Because of 9-11, it's more complicated, right? And you have to go through the scanners and all that stuff. But um, this kid basically pretended to be with this family. Like it was a family, I think, with two kids, and he pretended to be the third kid without that family <laughs> noticing somehow. And right. he got all the way to the plane where they were like, okay, show your ticket. And the kid's like, oh, yeah, my dad's got it. <laughs> <laughs> and he got found out. I was just, I don't know. Why, why do I get the feeling? Why do I get the feeling that'd be something that Jeff would try just to see if he could do it? I, I may or may not have thought of that at some point. Yes. <laughs> As an adult, maybe. 
Hey, so, you know, when you're sitting in a church service and the pastor says, amen, have you ever heard that? Like where they just basically say amen, but it's like amen with a question mark on it. Oh, yeah. Amen? Yeah. Yeah. Or they like want you to respond like, amen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So what's the proper response? I'm trying to understand what normal is there. Crickets, like nothing. (laughs) Yeah, I believe it's it just to stare blankly at the pastor until he gets really uncomfortable and quits doing it. Is yeah. that what would or happen just... in like a like Baptist church? Hey, I go to a Baptist yep. church. Yeah. How's the yeah, amen? That's go? pretty much accurate. Yeah. Uh, pretty much like that. We just kind of stare. No, we uh we get a lot of amens. We get some amens. Uh, it is funny though. You know how the Baptists are like the chosen frozen or whatever they call us. <laughs> yeah, definitely yeah. can be. Uh, our pastor's really trying to get us to, you know, raise our hands and get into the worship. And you, you can see slowly your hands are starting to, you know, it's always the one. Like, you know, there's a penalty on the on the play or something. We're waiting <laughs> for the full field goal. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> I like that chosen frozen. I was just like, that's awesome. I go to a, I go to a Pentecostal church though, but we're not like, I don't know. We're kind of, we're becoming more charismatic, I guess, like, but. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's not, I don't know. There's not too much rolling in the aisles. I'd like to see more. No. <laughs> no. I, I've only been to a charismatic church once and they were yeah. literally like, Walking around flapping their arms and, and <laughs> I swear they were clucking. I was like, what is going on? That is bizarre. I know. Oh, it was completely chicken. crazy. I had no idea what was going on. I, I think it's really cool to like, um, be open to the movement of the spirit, right? But I think yeah. there's a point where people take it too far where it's just like, oh, we got to have something exciting happen in every service, right? So. Right. Right. Um, I don't know. There's somewhere in between, <laughs> right? Well, I'm with there, you. I'm yeah. all about, hey, but let's be led by the spirit. But at yeah. some point it just gets a little weird. I do have yeah, some, sure. I do have some anecdotal, uh, stories about that as somebody that has gone to a Baptist church for 20 years. And we just recently started going to charismatic churches about a year or two ago. Right. So, we're, we're looking at this and so, you know, we, we love, we love every, all the, the people in the churches that we've been in and served in. Um, we, we love them, of course. All of them? Most of them. Uh, the major, <laughs> vast majority of them. But, uh, but we wanted to say, okay, so for us, it was a matter of, okay, so if, like, we know there's the, the, the far out charismatic churches, the, you know, where they're like, flopping around like fish and jumping around and you know it's like okay wait that something's not quite right about that but at the same time we don't want to say well god doesn't move or god can't do something but we want to know what it looks like and so what we what we ended up doing was um we we kind of looked at it from a perspective of i'm not going to I'm, we're not going to look to all these other mega churches and charismatic churches to, to to see what what we think they think God is doing. We want to see it for ourselves, and so we prayed about it. We you know we talked about it. We studied our Bibles, um, you know, and really just came to the conclusion that yeah, God does speak and God does move, and some really unexplainable things can happen, but. I, I find that a lot of times it doesn't look anything like what you see on, on TV, you know? Yeah. It, do, it just doesn't look like that. And, and that's not to say that God can't do really wild, unexplainable things, but mass chaos generally doesn't, you know, I don't see, I fail to see how that glorifies anything. But I, I, then again, you know, I, so we determined we're not going to look to those as examples. We're just going to pray and say, God, if you want to move, move in our lives, you know, how you want to do, yeah. and we'll just, we'll just follow you. Well, I, okay. So for me right now, what I'm realizing is that God is speaking to me through everything and everyone. And so that's like, you know, when you talk about the Holy Spirit speaking, I've listened to a plethora of podcasts this week.
And it's like okay. every one of them, I feel like it's teaching me something, right? Right. Um, okay. People I encounter, uh, and it can be people of varying different belief systems, but there's something they share with me that I'm like, oh. And it's just, and I've been thinking a lot about how, like, every person I encounter, there's a little bit of Jesus in them since everyone is, like, made in the image of God. So how can we grow Jesus within them? Hmm. Um, which maybe sounds like poor theology, but like I, I'm stuck <laughs> on that idea because I'm just like, you know, there's people who are, they're trying to find an answer to things and there's little glimpses of God. And, you know, it's like the Bible says, you know, men are not left with an excuse, right? And so there's something that's tugging at them. Even, you know, you look to the mountains. We got lots of beautiful mountains here in Alberta. And it's like you look to the mountains and the majestic mountains and there's like, oh, you know, like there's something drawing people's eyes to it. And it's like if we can draw them to that beauty and allow God to speak through that beauty. Right. So I'm just kind of stuck on that. And I'm like, I'm seeing this common thread in everything where it's like there's God speaking. Right. Hmm. Does being that's pretty deep. Does being made in God's image mean Everyone has a little Jesus in them. We'll have to we'll have to chew on that one for a while. Uh, yeah. Well, I I just think that like. Yeah, I know it's it's a little weird because we're I, I get born where you're in coming sin. From. Yeah, I get but where it's you're like coming from. because we're made in God's image. There's a reflection of God in us, and so if we're able to look at that and say, okay, this is the way God created me. Um, we can start to understand God a bit when we start to understand, like, wow, you know, like, and you know, you think about like a scientist when they start studying science, they can look to evolution and say, oh, well, this is this is how it all works, but that's so empty. When in reality, yeah. you can look at DNA and see like how it's a code, and it's like it points to a designer, right? And I just think there's so many avenues to which a person can come to God. Because it's all laid out. Like, the evidence is everywhere. And I'm seeing it everywhere. And so I'm like, huh, so what about this? Like, how come this looks this way? And just asking that question and allowing the Holy Spirit to work in that instead of, you know, trying to manufacture it or bring someone into my world for them to understand God. It's like, what if we could just find God in their world and say, well, you guys have been walking past this every day. And you forgot, like you, you have this amnesia, like you don't know where you came from, right? Yeah. And so it's kind of like Paul when he said, "You know that unknown God you guys have that altar to? Um, I could tell you all about him, like, <laughs> right?" And it's like right. it's, it's it's there. Like I just I feel like it's there. And so maybe Jesus being in people, it's like, well, that's something that happens when you surrender to Christ. And yeah, I get what you're saying, Jeff. That it's like what, right? But um. I just think that there's there's a presence of God that that is there already, and it's like people just need their eyes open to it, and it's like uh, that, that's a spiritual. I, I can't remember what part of the sense, Bible. Yeah. Sorry, that's a that's a spiritual sense. Yeah, I get everyone yeah. has a spiritual side to them, so they're they're somewhat aware of these things. Um, they everyone has the capability of having spiritual awareness they just sometimes they just ignore it and god made us that yep. way so yeah I, I understand i think where you're you're coming from with that hmm. i uh today at work was uh down on i work in a manufacturing company i was down on the shop floor i work in it and i was down working on a machine and my boss was having a conversation with an atheist and they were talking about outer space uh-huh. And the atheist was trying to say that, you know, looking at outer space, there's no way God could have created all that. And my boss, who's, you know, hardcore Christian, was trying to explain that, you know, space could not be created without God. How could you look at just the intricacies of the planets and the atmospheres and the stars and how everything works together if there wasn't some sort of a creator putting it in an order that made sense and that, you know, the planets just didn't spin out of control and explode. Uh, Jason, did you hear our last episode? 
It's okay. You can say no. It's it's all right. No, I yeah, I listen to it. Okay, if you get a chance, watch that documentary on the Fibonacci series. That's really okay. really fascinating. You would really like that. Yeah, I'll check it out. So I'm I keep hearing this word transcendence. Have you ever heard that word? I hear that a lot. That's kind of a common thread that I keep hearing in all these podcasts I'm listening to, and it's people that like of varying beliefs. Um, but it's like to be or go beyond the range of limits of whoa, something abstract. Oh, okay. So it's to go, <laughs> to be or go beyond the range or limits of. Right? So it's like something abstract, right. typically a conceptual field or division. And it's like, so that's essentially, it's like, it's like God is our explanation for stuff beyond what we can actually comprehend, right? Yeah, you could say it transcends yeah, I understanding. Say I usually hear it in reference to God. He transcends human understanding. Yeah, yep. and so there's like varying understandings of who that is, right? And there's a bunch of different religions that are trying to explain that, and ours is different because of the personal aspect of God and you know knowing that Jesus came to earth and submitted himself to injustice to <laughs> rise above it right and yeah. and and to um pay the price for our sins right so there that's the gospel <laughs> <laughs> and so it's it's just funny because like People, there's a lot of people that are just like getting onto this transcendence idea. And they're just like, there's something beyond us. And I'm like, oh, that's such a great starting point, right? Transcend, yeah. Transcending, transcendent thought or transcendental meditation is a really popular, um, a popular thing in Eastern mysticism and right. uh, Eastern religions. And um, the idea is that they want to transcend their current human state of existence. They want to become something greater, either spiritually or mentally or whatever. Um, so they go, they yeah. transcend the limits of the their current state of existence. And yeah. what I love about Christianity is that Jesus came where we were. He didn't, he, he realized yeah. that we are incapable of transcending to where God is. He met us yeah. where we were. Exactly. And there's other religions where it's like, let's, let's be transcendent so that we can become God, which is like the worst <laughs> idea ever. Worst idea ever. Well, yeah, it's like no. if I was God, yeah. like, come on. How terrible would everything be if I was God? <laughs> like, have you seen Bruce Almighty? It'd probably be worse than that. Way worse than that, uh, yeah. Worse than Evan Almighty? Hmm. <laughs> that was pretty know. bad, too. Yeah. Uh, that reminds me. I need to trim my nose hair. Speaking of hair, John, <laughs> you, you, um, you, you, you got, you're rocking the, you're rocking the bald look, man. You're looking pretty sharp there. I'm not gonna lie. I had I no like hot. It. I had no hot water in my house. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I had no hot water in my house, and uh, so I was uh, on the road all week this week. And so I brought my razor with me, and then I thought, <laughs> well, I can't really trim my neck, so I'm just gonna shave it all off. So. I <laughs> So let me get this straight. You're like, okay, I can't wash my hair, so I'm just gonna shave it. Well, no, Something it was like, like, I okay. Well, when I cut my hair, I need to shower it off, right? And so when I was at home, yeah. I was like, it's not hot enough. And so then when I went to the hotel, I'm like, okay, well, I can cut my hair, but I don't really have like the two mirrors to like cut the hairline. So I'm like, how about uh, no hairline? So I went no hairline. Gotcha. I was going to say, when instead of washing your clothes, you just burn them. You're like, ah, it's going to burn these. <laughs> hey, hey, so so whatever happened to, like, cool abbreves, like cool abbreviations? Do you remember that? Like, it was, I think, early 2000s where people were just, like, abbreviating everything. Yeah, like, totally. What if? I yeah, totally it's like remember bro, that. bro code kind of stuff. I say I, bro all the time. I drive people crazy. 
I heard one today, <laughs> and it was like Dax Shepard, and he's like, yeah, I just, I, I don't think I need that much attention. And I'm like, I love that. Attention. How much attention do I want? Nice. I've never heard attention. That's a new one for yeah, me. Yeah, I like that. Any other cool abbreviations you guys know? Um, I don't know. Hmm. I'm not very cool at all. Uh, well, let me yes, think. Yes, you are. Um, you are cool, Jason. You are very cool. Um, gosh, man. Like, I remember totes. Um, so like now yes, like totes. What what really totes threw me off? Totes daddy Totes dad. Yeah. <laughs> so my kids started talking about all of these uh, these shows that they watch and they talk about shipping, and I was like, wait a minute. I know you're not talking about actual like logistics and shipping. What are you all talking about? And it took me a couple of weeks to figure out that they were saying, oh well, these two characters yeah. are getting shipped together, and I'm like, where are they going? And then, and then I realized, <laughs> and then I realized that that was short for relationship. So when two characters get shipped, that means they, they get, they're put in a relationship in the show. And I was like, Oh, I like that. Yeah. So I, you do oh, shipping, yeah. huh? Huh? <laughs> I'll start, start using that with my son when he starts hanging out with a girl. I'll be like, so you do shipping. Nice. Uh, I don't know if I like the way that sounds. <laughs> <laughs> that yeah, that that's funny. But yeah, just weird stuff like that. So they they're still they're still coming up with new abreaves that uh they're <laughs> Debbie's one. laughing at me over here. <laughs> I don't know, I'm never up on on all the new lingo and terminology at all. Linguistic. All the kids are shipping and vaping. <laughs> I had someone say yeet to me today, and I still have no clue what that means. Uh, yeet. Yeet. I, I still don't know. I, I, I think it's something to do with a video game, but I'm not sure what. No idea. I, I just clues? went... Okay. Guys, <laughs> listeners out there, our, our mastermind minions out there, if you know what yeet means, let us know. Term used to express excitement. Especially used in basketball when someone has shot a three-pointer that they are sure will go in the hoop. <laughs> I love like saying this stuff like like the most unhip person ever. <laughs> As you can see by these very official definitions, use of the word "yeet" has been steadily evolving over time. Oh, there's more. There's a backstory to this. It's a backstory to this. I got to hear this. What does Ute mean and how do you use it? Here's the backstory on how the dance craze that's now going super viral. Oh my gosh, this is long. Okay, yeah. So maybe. it's a dance and Oh, it's, it's a dance. So, so it's a dance thing on Vine called Yeet. Hashtag Yeet. It's pound signed Yeet. <laughs> pound signed Okay. Oh, wow. I think we're showing our age here, guys. It is a phenomenon that started back in February 2014, but it didn't really pick up until a kid who goes by the name Lil Meatball posted a video <laughs> claiming he can do bet it better than Lil Torrio. Wow, what's with the Lils? How small are these guys? Lil. I've got so many questions. <laughs> Lil Meatball is a 13-year-old <laughs> from Dallas, Texas. <laughs> Lil Meatball. Oh, just... All right, so it's a dance. It's a dance. A term made famous from a dance on Vine and can now be used as an exclamation. So it means excitement, and it could involve basketball or dancing in summary. There we go. John, we need a post of you doing the yeet on Facebook. <laughs> we With need to my make bald that happen. Head. Yes. Okay, so is it just me or when I th when I think of Lil Meatball, I think of Meat I think of Meatwad from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Yes. <laughs> What's that? Uh, Jason you know what Aqua Teen Hunger Force is <laughs> Aqua Teen Hunger Force. That must be an American thing. 
We don't have that in Canada. Uh, <laughs> it hasn't okay. got here yet. <laughs> it, it, yeah, I mean, it's only like 15 years old. Yeah. It's, it takes, it's, a, yeah. it's a cartoon about uh, the Aqua Teen Hunger Force, which consists of Meatwad, who is a uh, anthropomorphic meatball, um, Master Shake, who is a, uh, a an actual cup with a straw, <laughs> and Frylock, who is wizard French fries. I, I wish I could. I wish I could make this stuff up. You just need to watch it, John. It is so dumb but hilarious. And, and yeah, the I'm neighbor a, I'm a Carl. Do that. And their neighbor. Yeah, it's a story about the three superhero fast food guys and their neighbor. Yes, this is making Carl. me hungry. It's, I could eat bizarre, a little but... meatball right now. Mm. <laughs> He's hey, so, okay, so I, I feel like I really came in like to this podcast hot, <laughs> which I thought would be hilarious, but I think it was just really awkward when I asked, what's your greatest fear? But like, uh, I, I was thinking um, about, you know, we always like think of fear as a bad thing. But there's such thing as a healthy fear, right? Like, like fear Jeff was saying, like fear of falling is a pretty good fear to have, right? Like you go to climb a tree and it's like, okay, that um, branch could snap and I could die. You know, it's a survival right, instinct. So. I'd and actually that, like to change mine. <laughs> yeah, you want to change? What's your bigger fear? The picture frames that my wife buys for me to hang on the wall. Uh-huh. Those things are completely made by Satan. <laughs> None of them have any hanging material on them. She's like, here, find a way to put this on the wall. I'm like, eh, no. I'd say that's more of a pet peeve. Uh, no, they they frighten me. They scare me. I oh, okay. cry. Okay. Yeah. All right. Wow. All right. Okay. You, you know what, Jason? This is your safe. This is our safe place. You can keep talking about it. Yeah, I'm in my man cave here. I'm, I'm with my bros. Oh, I'm, I'm watching Jason drink this cup, and I'm thinking of Master Shake. No, I cry quite often in here. <laughs> okay. That's actually mainly what I use it for. <laughs> this is my I crying just, room. I just come here and cry. <laughs> My man cave. So what are you doing here? I mostly cry. This is my cry cave. Seriously, though, real men cry. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> do. All the time. Yeah, yeah, that's true. <coughs> I heard, like, uh, I was listening to a podcast where they were talking about, like, um, instead of telling your kid to, like, man up, it's better to just say, be an adult. Right? Like, instead of, like, making it gender-specific and having this idea that men always control their emotions, just saying, you know, like, okay, like, maybe you need to be a little more mature about this. Right? You know what I mean? Yeah. Maturity is Which I thought overrated. is a better approach, because there's a lot of, you know, I did have a period of time in my life where I didn't cry, because I didn't think it was, you know, a thing that men do. And um, my wife convinced me otherwise. And now you cry all the time, like me. <laughs> yeah, man. Okay, what? Okay, any movies that make you guys cry? Oh, yeah, Dead Poets Society. I cried so hard for that one. Oh, so good. Jaws. Jaws. I haven't seen Jaws. That made you what? cry, though. J- what? You you haven't seen Jaws? No, I haven't. We haven't gotten that in Canada yet. <laughs> <laughs> it came out in like 1978. Uh, oh, let's see a, a movie that's made me cry. <laughs> Canadians listening right now are like, John, what are you doing? <laughs> Y'all are a mess. Any movie that has an animal that dies usually makes me cry. I get oh, okay. Eyes. Spoiler alert! Come on now, yeah. Cujo. I might watch that someday. All right, hey. Cujo, and they shot the shark in Jaws. Spoil alert! Sorry, John. Have you? Have, that's too bad. I was hoping he would kill everybody. <laughs> no, that's Sharknado. 
<laughs> that movie, that movie made me cry too, but for totally different reasons. Why are you making me watch this? And the sequels. Because. <laughs> yeah, I haven't seen that either. It hasn't come to Canada. <laughs> that is my daughter's favorite movie, Sharknado. Really? Really? Okay. So, so mine's not as epic, but it's epic in a different way. Have you seen the movie American Tale? An American Tale? Yeah. The animated one with yeah. the mice? Like with Five Old the Mouse? Yeah. Okay, I'm, yeah. Start, I'm starting to get a little choked up just thinking about it. Like when Five Old gets like separated from his parents, like I just want to cry. It's like, it's crazy because it's a cartoon, but it makes me really sad. Like the music's so beautiful and like just the whole movie is like touching, so. I can see that. You're here with your bros. You're good. I, I, I'm giving you a virtual hug. Yeah, I could. Yeah, it's okay, John. Really. Oh, hey. Okay, so I heard this guy talking about an X and Y life. Okay, so you know, like, uh, you you have an X access axis. Man, see, I'm a math major and I can't even say this. Okay, axis. You know, like a graph, right? Yeah. Right. And you've got like, okay, I'm I'm gesturing with my hands for this audio podcast. You have an X axis and a Y axis, and he said on the X axis. You have opportunity on the y-axis, axis, you have effort. And he's like, that's how you succeed in life, is like there is opportunity that's presented, but your effort has to match your opportunity. Sorry, did I say that right? Effort matches opportunity. That sounds, that sounds reasonable. Yeah, say that sounds about right. So if you lack opportunity, then, I mean, your effort's not going to do anything. And so we want to make sure people have opportunity. Um, if you lack effort, then the opportunity is wasted. For our vision-impaired listeners, John is holding his right hand in a vertical position and his left hand in a horizontal <laughs> position, signifying an XY mathematical axis. Continue. Jason hangs his head in shame. I've been thinking a lot about the story of Joseph, which is kind of like an opportunity effort thing, kind of. Yeah, very much so, actually. Joseph really maximized his opportunities, didn't he? Um, So, you know, towards the end of the story, um, when Joseph is actually second in command of Egypt, right? I was wondering... Do you think that Joseph, when he was like totally trolling his brothers, I mean, we always think of that as like a testing process and it's like, oh, he was testing them. But I'm like, how much of that do you think was just like the grieving process, like part of the grieving process and him working through his emotional issues from like just, you know, them selling him into slavery and stuff? He was probably pretty messed up from that. Yeah. Yeah. There's so much in that story. The other thing, you know, I just love that Joseph was trolling his brothers. <laughs> I don't think I've heard someone say that. I'm like, that's fun. <laughs> That'd be fun to use in a message. Come on, I think you ought to preach. Preach it, John. Preach it. Come on, John. Yeah. You can do it. Well, there's the cupbearer, too, right? That's one of my favorite things, too, is the, the cupbearer. And he, like, he... he he talks to Joseph and he's like, yeah, totally, bro. I'll remember you when I go back to the king, right? Because it's the cupbearer that Totes. that Joseph's all like, dude, you're going to be restored, right? And the guy's like, yeah, yeah, I'll remember you. And then like he forgets him the moment he gets to be with the king and is the cupbearer again, right? He's like, I totes got your back, yo. <laughs> Psych. Yeah, man. Totes got your back, totes. Psych. Yeet. Yeet. <laughs> Yo, little meatball, he got your back. <laughs> Jason is shaking his head slowly in shame and regret. Okay, well, have you guys been in that situation, though, where you feel like you've been forgotten? 
Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. I was there too. I remember this one time I tried to get a position being a um, worship leader at my church. And I had like the worst meeting ever with um, leadership. And um, it was a disaster. How bad? And How bad? it was like there was no way this guy was going to see an ounce of talent in me. And I walked away from that meeting where most people would be like super frustrated. There was something in me that said, yeah, it was supposed to go that way. And I think, you know, like in Joseph's interaction with the cupbearer, it was supposed to go that way because there was a time of fruition for his calling. And I know for me, there's been a lot of things that have unfolded where my calling has been totally different than what I thought it would be. Yes. Um, Right. Still not 100% sure what it is. But I know it's just kind of like to nudge people a little bit and get them thinking, right? Yeah. And, um, sure. And I, well, I think ultimately Joseph had a sense of peace about being, uh, forgotten, if you will. And, you know, for you, you, you had to have a sense of peace about, you know, the whole worship leader thing. Yeah. For sure. And, yeah. you know, for me, I was a deacon at my church and I ended up stepping down, Mm -hmm. but I had a complete and total sense of peace about it. You know, Mm. when I did it, I prayed about it and I, you know, seeked God in it. And when I made the decision, it was like, I had no, no reservations about it whatsoever. I was just like, listen, this isn't for me. I'm stepping Mm. down and I was completely at peace with it. And I still am. So, and you know who doesn't forget you? God doesn't forget you. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. That's true. And it's funny to me, because of how disastrous that was for me, and then, you know, I've interacted with a few people since where I've just been like, yeah, I'm not going to lead worship. It's just not going to happen. And I've had a few people that are like, John, why aren't you... Why aren't you leading worship? Like you should be leading worship. You're a talented person, you know. And and I'm like, no, I'm not. <laughs> like, but I'm like, I, you know. And so maybe some of those words stuck with me, where I was kind of discouraged. But I'm like, I don't think this is the time of fruition for that. If I'm ever to go back to that, right? Like, right. there's just I feel like there's so much more I want to explore than just music. But you are really good at it. Yeah. I, I'm no Jeff Hendricks. Well, not many people are. As far as I know, I'm the only one. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's a, you know, that's one of the advantages of being weird, right? Is like, well, is there someone that does what I do but is better? And I'm like thinking, no one does what I do. Not exactly, no. I'm sure you guys could say the same thing, you know? Like, it's like, who does what you do better? Well, what you do is weird, so no, nobody does. True. I do weird pretty well. Yep, I think you do a good job of it, Jason. And I know, like, I know for you, Jeff, like, you you gave up a pretty um, pretty big role, you know, playing on this, like, massive, you know, kind of stage you know, on a worship team, and now you're kind of back to being kind of that one man thing, right? Is that are yeah. you leading worship at your new church? Um, I have a couple of times um, to fill in, but mostly I just, I just, I'm a supporting character, and I'm okay with that. That's awesome. Yeah, I, I like it. I, I like it. I enjoy it. I'm good at it, and there's not the massive amount of pressure to perform. When yeah. you're not the leader leading everything. And even on the, like, yeah. in the last six months, I probably led worship maybe twice. And, um, but it was, it wasn't like I was in charge. They just said, Hey, would you mind covering for us while we're out this week? And I'd say, Yeah, sure. Okay. And, uh, and that was it. So I'm still not in charge, not telling people what to do. Just led worship and for a week. And that was great. I enjoyed it for what it was and then went back to just, 
you know, playing on the side and, and just in, enjoying that. I, I really enjoy being a supporting uh, person and helping other people do stuff, you know. I don't necessarily need the limelight. I, that's not um, not why I do it. Dude, yeah. so, sometimes being this, the uh, the support guy is more rewarding than than being the guy out front. You know, you, you feel almost totally. more accomplishment saying, you know, I helped. Not instead of I'm the one leading the charge. You're like, eh, you know what? I got your back. I'm the best sidekick, right? Right? Yeah, I like yeah. being a sidekick. Only problem with that is you can't really be a supervillain if you're just. Oh, henchmen, buddy. Some of the henchmen are like henchmen's. Hench people. Henchmen. <laughs> There's some awesome henchmen. If you watch all these movies with supervillains, you got like the henchman that's like right beside him. I'm like, that guy's cool. Yes, I love, I love that. Why do I feel like I'm like Lex Luthor's uh, henchman from the original Superman movie? That's like me <laughs> in the masterminds here. <laughs> no. No, I'm you... like Otis. <laughs> hey, hey, Lex Luthor right there. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah, you, John, you kind of look like Lex Luthor. That's a good point. <laughs> I'll have to work hmm. on the evil part. The evil Canadian... Isn't that an oxymoron? <laughs> Can Canadians be evil? I don't think so. <laughs> There's only one way to find out, right? I guess. I hey, so genetically manufactured to physically explode if they become evil? Just saying. You might not want to risk it. Huh. Actually, okay, hockey. Yeah, you could see. It gets pretty nasty. There's some Canadians that'll get pretty violent. I think that's the only time that I really am violent is when I'm playing hockey. So, But be honest, after you're done beating someone up, you're like, oh, hey, I'm sorry, eh? Let me help you pick up the teeth. <laughs> Are these yours? Yeah, here. Sorry about that. <laughs> so one more point to my sermon about Joseph. Um, Actually, I heard this in a sermon. There was a reason why God put Joseph second in command. So like when we talk about like prosperity gospel and we're like, oh, we want God's favor or we want God to do this and God to do that or whatever. God didn't just give Joseph that position of authority so that it's like, hey, you went through all this garbage. Now you're rewarded with authority. He was actually put in a position of authority to save people from starving. Yeah. Hmm. That's right. Yeah. Which I think is like way better than like prosperity gospel where it's like, ask for God's favor and screw everybody else. Yeah, that's the biggest problem I have with with prosperity teachers is it's all about them. It's all about you. It's never about how amazing and awesome God is and how little you are in comparison to God. It's, It's all about what can God do for us, you know? Right. And as Charles Stanley says, if you want a gift from God, you need to be put in a position where God will use you with that gift, right? So if God's going to give you authority, it's got to be for a purpose that shows his glory, right? Right. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Total totes. Totes. (laughs) Just, I'm having flashbacks from the 90s, man. I, I'm always trying to figure out, so like I play a lot of NHL 18. I think I'm in like season, so it's, it's NHL 18, so it starts, uh, 2018 to 2019 season. And I'm at like 2024 and I've played every game. Nice. <laughs> and, uh, and I've been trying to think, okay, so like my team is awesome and I'm like, my team is totally dumb. No, that sounds like I'm saying totally dumb. So I'm like, yeah. my team is totally doms. So that's my that's my brief for dominant. My team is totally doms. Yeah. I think it works. Total domination. Total. It, do you guys? Oh, sorry. Go ahead. You said you play NHL 2018. Yeah, and my team is, is total the- doms. 
This Ooh. is literally the last one I, I've purchased and I still play <laughs> 2004. it. 2004. 2004. Oh, that's awesome. And I still play it. Nice. <sighs> yes. Yeah, I, yeah, I like to, I like to video games. I, I've been thinking though, it, what's kind of interesting with the, like doing multiple seasons is, um, figuring out how to integrate new players into your lineup. And mm-hmm. like, you got a guy who's got the potential to be a top liner. Do you keep him, you know, in the farm team or do you bring him up and play on the fourth line, play a small role? And I've been thinking about that from like a managerial point of view. And so like, if I'm like the manager at a company and I've got this young guy who, you know, is a potential manager, right? And I want to groom him as a manager. Do I make him like a tech or do I make him like an assistant manager? You know what I mean? I'm just, yeah. just thinking about that like from a managerial theory. I just, you know, it's, it's hard for me to just play a game <laughs> and not like think about applications to it, right? <laughs> so I've been like, huh. Management theory, Jeff, what do you think? It's very hard to manage people when you don't know how to do their job. Um, I've been in positions before where the people that were managers over me had no idea what I actually did for my job and couldn't do it if they wanted to. Um, yeah. But they were quote-unquote managerial position kind of people, so they just shuffled them around like some kind of shell game. And uh, it was always frustrating for us because us technical guys were like, okay, you're telling me how to do my job, but you don't know how to do my job. Uh, yeah. Like that doesn't, that doesn't work. But uh, other than yeah. that, I've had, no, I, the manager that I have now is, um, has done my job for years. Um, knows it. He's good with people. He's a Christian. Um, he's, he's a phenomenal manager because he knows the subject material and he can spot, uh, people who are good at that job and who, who isn't. Um, cause he knows how to do it. He knows what it, it requires. He knows how to train people, how to do it. Um, he's a good manager. Hmm. I'm a good manager in NHL 18. <laughs> <laughs> I'll admit, look, when you guys started talking hockey, especially like hockey video games, like my eyes just kind of started to glaze over and I'm just like, I know, I know. I was like, I was like watching you. I'm like, no, I'm bringing it back, dude. I'm bringing it back. Okay, I, I guess what I was thinking though is like, okay, so I was thinking about how like, okay, so a fourth liner, do I want a potential fourth liner as my, as, you know, a potential first liner as a fourth liner or do I want a potential fourth liner as a fourth liner? So when I hire someone at like the tech level, do I want a guy who's always going to be a tech in that position? Or do I want a potential manager in that position? That depends on your long-term needs. Or do needs. we go for both? It, it depends on your long-term I think it's needs. like Jeff says. You you want to go for your long-term goals. You know, where, where do you want that guy to end up? Where do you see that person? Because like some guys are just going to be a tech forever and be happy there. And it's like that's good because you don't always need people with huge aspirations, right? Right. Then you end up with corporate America and everybody in the company's middle management and nobody actually gets anything done. Yeah. Right. Well, and the idea too of knowing people's jobs, there's, you can take that too far too, like, and micromanage. I know that was like the problem with Steve Jobs when he first started out with Apple is he would look at his programmer and be like, I know how to do your job better than you do. Right. And he had this arrogance. And then when he left Apple and he came back, he realized he's got to look to those guys as the experts and say, okay, can you create this for me? This is what I want. Can you do it? Mm -hmm. He didn't worry about telling them how to do it necessarily either. So there's kind of a, there's a sweet spot with that too, I think. Sure. Yeah. Also, the manager has to learn how to give up some control and, as to what they their people that they hired are doing, you know, like my boss, great guy, but he did my job, and he's having a hard time giving that control up to me. You know, like, oh, hey, I'm sure that's hard. Fix it. 
go fix this computer. Okay, but then he stands there and he's got to tell me how to fix it. And I'm like, I, I got it. Got it, bro. Got it. Yeah, if you didn't Totes. trust me to do it, why didn't you <laughs> hire me to do it? Right. I totes got this. I'm Dom's. For sure. <laughs> not Dom. Fosheezy. I've been trying to make myself read narratives. I like reading like philosophical books, right? I feel like it's a waste of time if I'm not reading something that's like kind of philosophical or theological or psychological like or any logical. Um, but I, I was reading, um, I've been reading through C.S. Lewis's like his entire library. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was nice. reading a Chronicles of Narnia and there was this thing that stuck with me that I was like, wow, there's a broader implication to this quote. So I'm just going to read this to you. So they're talking about Susan, right? Um, right. in Chronicles of Narnia. And it's like, she wasted all her school time wanting to be the age she is now. And she'll waste the rest of her life trying to stay that age. Her whole idea is to race on to the silliest time in one's life as quick as she can and then stop there as long as she can. Hmm. Yeah. So it's like not embracing the now and yearning for a certain period of your life, right? And it's like you rush through childhood and you're like, oh, if I can only be, I don't know what age would be the ideal age. What, 22? (laughs) I don't know. I wouldn't want to be 22, but some people would. No. (laughs) I'm approaching 40, like in eight days, I think. Yeah, in eight days, I'll be 40. Well, happy birthday in eight days. Happy birthday. (laughs) Thank you. I was just fishing for happy birthdays. Um, no, but, um, and I'm, so I'm thinking about like, okay, so what does 40 look like? And I'm like, I don't know. Like, I don't know what's around the corner. I don't know what 40 looks like, but that's pretty exciting. Like, I'm not like that. (laughs) It looks like me. I'm going to be super handsome. (laughs) All right. But, um, oh my gosh. I, you know, I, I opened, I opened the, the Wax Museum, um, podcast with Theosaurus Rex. And I was yeah. like, I wasn't sure if I wanted to try this or not because he's like, I'm like, can I? Whoa, what was that? Don't worry about it. It's my phone. Go ahead. Oh, okay. <laughs> it sounded like some kind of animal. <laughs> <laughs> I thought, okay. I thought Jeff was going, yeet, yeet. It's funny because, okay, so, so, so Theosaurus Rex, he's like, just call me Theo for short. And I'm like, that's so generic. There's got to be something better. So I was like, so I, I thought about this, right? Before Rex. I recorded the broadcast Rex. with him. And I was like, can I just call him Sexy Rexy? It'd be funny. <laughs> It'd be really funny to ask him that. And so I was like, okay, so before we recorded, I'm like, okay, man, I'm going to try something here. You could tell me if it's like, don't keep this recording, but I'm going to try something here that'll shock you. So I said that to him, and he just responds with like, that's a terrible idea, and he laughed, right? And so I'm like, I'm keeping that. <laughs> that's nice. pretty funny. Nice. I've always, I've always found like a lot of times like, you know, the guys at work, you know, they could, they could be a little offside with their humor. Actually, where I'm at now is pretty, they run a pretty tight ship, and it's been good to kind of clean up my act. <laughs> But I always found it was like easier to make like jokes like that to just kind of get away from, you know, objectifying women. <laughs> right. Uh, now yeah. I work with women and it's just, we don't, yeah, there's no horseplay like that, which is awesome. But when you, <laughs> when you work in a boys club, you know what I mean? You guys worked with all men and sometimes it gets a little offside and you're like, uh, yeah, that not happens comfortable. a lot. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I worked in the construction industry for a long time, so. Hey, hey. Yeah, I, I get it. <laughs> it's fun as a Christian. They're like, oh yeah, yeah. Johnny don't do that. Exactly. Right. <laughs> like, gee, Jason, you don't swear as much as we do. 
You think? <laughs> As much. As much. <laughs> so, I guess, like, this idea of being stunted anyways, I'm like, it's funny how people strive to do that. And it's like, oh, no, 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 I'm not turning 40, I'm still 25, or whatever. And it's like, if, if we don't do that, if we don't allow ourselves to get to 40 or to 50, we don't become that fully mature fruit. Um, <laughs> that fully mature fruit. <laughs> that did not segue well. That sounded weird. But it's like being, being fully mature and, and your calling coming to fruition. Um, I was listening to John Mark Comer today, and uh, he's a preacher. And he talked about how, like, Whatever, like your personality type and, you know, your patience level and stuff like that, when you get to a certain age, that just becomes set. So, like, you'll meet people in their 50s or 60s or 70s, and it's either they're nice people or they're just jerks, and that's just the way it is, which I thought was really interesting. And so it's like, you work on developing, you know, becoming the kind of person God's called you to be. And you can either be a bitter person for the rest of your life or you can be a kind person for the rest of your life. And so, like, approaching 40 and, you know, approaching 50, it's like, okay, so I want to be one of those pleasant old people. You know yeah. what I mean? Yes. And it's like... If I'm going to get set in my ways, hopefully it's a good kind of way. I, I don't know if I'll be set in my ways, though. I'm like a very... I like to just... I like to switch things up, you know? A couple things, John. Um, yeah. I heard you say, you know, a couple of times. and Oh, I just dang wanted, it. Right! Just, right, yeah. I wanted to remind you to say right instead. Um, also, what does running a loose ship look like? Cause everybody I, I know wants to run a tight ship, but nobody, nobody can tell me what a loose ship looks like. Ooh. Well, I, I, would a loose ship float? Well, I don't know. That's, that's what I'm wondering. And also that's nothing to do with shipping that we talked about earlier. Oh, oh, good callback. Okay, well, do you want your ships to be tight? Um, <laughs> like, a, a loose ship means that you're not really connected with your partner. Wait, 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 here we go. You ready for this, Jason? That ship is tight, yo. <laughs> <laughs> it is okay. tight, yo. I'm, I'm done, man. I'm just... <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, no, I, you know, it's funny because you think about a ship and it's like, why should a ship be tight? I would think it's because, like, if we're talking about a physical ship, right? Like a ship that you put in the ocean. <laughs> you want it tight, otherwise it will sink. But I think Water it's the same tight. thing with relationships. You want to strengthen it and make it tight and be close together, otherwise your relationship will sink too. It's a ship shape. Beautiful water tight. Yes, I agree. Yeah, I don't know why I have this written down, but it says save your applause to the end because kudos can be distracting. I guess during a performance <laughs> that can happen, right? Like if yeah. like Jeff's yeah. up there rocking it out and people start applauding, Jeff's like, Oh, but you guys can't hear this guitarless solo, like stop it. That's, that's I want actually you to hear this common. guitar solo and enjoy it. That's really common yeah. in classical music because there'll be like lulls in the music and the people who aren't familiar with the piece might think that it's over, but it's not. That, that happens a hmm. lot in classical music. So I remember doing my senior recital. There were some pieces that we did, um, that had movements to them. And so after each movement, we would, you know, flip our pages and it looked like we were done, but we would go into the next movement. And, you know, there's always like that one dude in the back of the auditorium who's like clapping and like everybody's staring at him like the song's not over yet, you know? Ah, uh, and maybe that's a life lesson right there, right? It's like, like God's working 
God's working. And it's like, the, it's like that Max Licato story, which I know, Jeff, you shared before. It might not even be a Max Licato story, but it's the story about the old man and the horse. Yes. You know, and it's like, it's like, uh, you know, oh, the horse ran away. And it's like, oh, that must be a curse. You should have taken care of that horse. And the horse ran away. But then the horse comes back with a whole bunch of other horses. And is like, oh, that's a blessing. And people are trying to read these situations constantly. And it's a big, yep. long story. So you have to listen to that episode. But um, yep, yep. this idea that it's like, okay, so, so we're looking at a situation right now. And it doesn't look good. Um. And so, you know, it doesn't look like we're going to make it. I don't know. I'm not coming up with a great analogy here. But, like, we've been in those situations, right, where it's like, oh, my day is just terrible right now. It's like, yeah, but this isn't the end yet. This is that quiet moment, that quiet moment in the classical piece, right? Right. Yep. And uh, this is our, our spiritual lesson for the night, guys, is don't applaud until the song is over. Yeah, man. And so for your life, don't clap until you're dead. <laughs> Apparently, yeah, Jason's got to go. Um, yeah, hey, so time. we got to have a word from our sponsor here. Um, can you, you know those, like, uh, those beam? You guys play Minecraft? Yes. No, it makes me motion sick. Oh, oh dang. Bummer. Okay, well. Anyways, one of the things I do in Minecraft a lot of times, because those worlds can be infinite and you can never find your way back, is yeah. I'll create a beam. And so like, it's just like a beam that shines up into the sky as far yeah. as it can be. Beacons, yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, Acme now has a beam. And you can set it on the ground and it'll shoot up. And so this could be a way for you to mark where you are could use it as a distress signal. You could give it to your kid when you go to, like, I don't know, a carnival, and you're like, oh, no, my kid just wandered off. They can drop it and you should, shine the beam. You can put the beam on your hat so that your kids can spot where you are in a crowd, but only at night. Yeah. Um, now, I mean, i got to caution you. It, it may not be legal in your state or province <laughs> because it, it, it could cause some issues with... Um, Planes, I think. Yeah, satellites <laughs> shooting down laser satellites. What about the t intensity level? Can you get it to the lightsaber level, or you know, we're you working on that. Things? I think they're working on that, Jason. All right, we'll we'll have to see what we can do about that. Crank it up to laser beacons. I like that idea. Laser beacons. That's where it's at. That's where the money's at. Laser beacons. Anyways, guys, um, applaud when you die. Um, <laughs> Lasers. Um, catch you guys on the flippity floppity. Yeah, dude. Totes. Totes, my goats. <laughs> Totes, yeet. <laughs> All right, so that's it from uh, me and John and Jason, uh, three J's, <laughs> ADD Masterminds. Thanks so much for listening. We love each and every one of you. Um, hope you enjoyed the show. And if you want to hear more, hit us up on Twitter at ADD Masterminds. Um, and we'll, uh, we'll see you next time. One, two.